Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. After facing mounting pressure to step down over allegations of political interference, RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky announced on Wednesday that she will be retiring from her post next month. Quebec Premier Francois Legault says Prime Minister Justin Trudeau needs to let migrants and asylum seekers know that they can no longer come to Canada. Toronto Mayor John Tory is officially stepping down from the job on Friday. Hamilton's McMaster University hosted a segregated event for non-white employees as part of its Black History Month programming. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, February 16th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Rachel Emanuel. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Brenda Lucky is stepping down from her role as RCMP commissioner. After facing mounting pressure to step down over allegations of political interference, Lucky announced on Wednesday that she will be retiring from her post next month. Now, in a statement put out by Lucky, she said that the decision was a personal one after serving five years as the nation's top cop. She said, quote, this was not an easy decision as I love the RCMP and have loved being the 24th commissioner. I'm so incredibly proud to have had the opportunity to lead this historic organization and witness firsthand the tremendous work being done each and every day. Last year, Lucky was accused by a number of RCMP officials of interfering in the investigation of the 2020 Nova Scotia mass shooting in order to assist Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's gun control agenda. Lucky was accused of requesting that investigators publish confidential details to the general public. Now, soon after the shooting, Trudeau announced a slate of firearms bans. Now, Rachel, of course, Brenda Lucky did not say, I am stepping down because of calls for me to step down. She did not acknowledge this controversy concerning the Nova Scotia shooting. But I think, you know, had that incident not happened, had those calls not come about, would we be seeing this resignation? I don't think so. I'm actually surprised the resignation is coming so late. Of course, we know that the prime minister stood by Lucky, so that obviously bolstered her willingness to stay on the role. But there's been so many calls from a resignation. Here in Alberta, just in November, our Justice Minister Tyler Shandro said the province lost confidence. And he pointed not only to the incident in Nova Scotia, but he also pointed to the Public Order Emergency Commission, which of course investigated whether the federal government was justified in invoking the Emergencies Act. And he said she really failed to provide accountability in that commission. So we've seen her come under a lot of criticism in the time that she's been in this role. It just seems like she's probably not up for the job. No, certainly. I mean, I'd have to say, Rachel, that we'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who gives her uh, a full two-thumbs-up endorsement. If we go back to 2020, uh, she was more than happy to say, yes, the RCMP is plagued by systemic racism. A lot of people seeing that as, as throwing her force under the bus, regardless of what one thought about uh, those questions about police accountability at the time, that their own person uh, did not stand up for them was, was frustrating to a lot of uh, defenders of law enforcement. 
really just across the political spectrum and issue by issue, there were so many different reasons to be unhappy with Brenda Lucky and a number of issues that tell us nobody really has confidence in her. I mean, to your point, Rachel, when you have provincial cabinet ministers saying this federal policing person must go, that's a problem. Absolutely. Her tenure was pretty scandal-plagued, and the fact that she didn't have support from other provinces, but also from within the force, is really concerning when we saw sort of the issues that she had within officers within her own force. Especially within Nova Scotia, we had those officers coming out and saying they were pressured to release information that they would never have released at that time in an investigation before. And, you know, the allegations went that it was to advance Liberals' gun control agenda. These are huge allegations that can't be ignored. We never really got solid answers on them. The recordings came out later on and they did look pretty damning for Lucky. So like I said, I'm surprised that we're seeing this resignation come so late, but I suspect that it's absolutely the right move on her part to finally step down and let someone who is hopefully more suited for the role take the top spot. As Quebec deals with an unprecedented surge of asylum seekers, Quebec Premier Francois Legault says the Prime Minister needs to let migrants and asylum seekers know that they can no longer come to Canada. According to Legault, the Prime Minister bears the brunt of the responsibility for the influx of illegal border crossings into the province due to his 2017 tweet. While former U.S. President Donald Trump was clamping down on immigration in 2017, Trudeau controversially tweeted that Canada would welcome all those, quote, fleeing persecution, terror, and war. Legault now says, quote, it is time for Justin Trudeau to put out a new tweet to say not to come anymore because we have exceeded our reception capacity. Immediately after the tweet, Canada's southern border saw a spike in crossings, especially at the Roxham Road makeshift crossing. Anthony, I'm wondering, do you think Legault has a point here? I know that when Donald Trump was president, he obviously had the narrative about let's build the wall, let's build the wall. And we actually saw a decline in illegal immigrants and migrants coming to the U.S. border. Of course, the Biden administration has been a lot more open in terms of their policies. They've been allowing a lot of those migrants to cross. And we've seen an enormous influx under the Biden administration. So I'm wondering if it's possible, did Trudeau and his tweet single-handedly cause the influx of asylum seekers at our Canadian borders? Oh, it's more than possible. It's confirmed to a degree because there have been government memos on both sides of the border where officials have discussed the ramifications of this tweet. And we do know that literature is handed out by uh, pro-migrant trafficking groups in uh, the northern New York state who say, hey, don't forget the prime minister said, come on in. So this is why you should come in through this avenue. Rachel, I wish it was the case that uh, tweets did not carry as great weight as detailed public policy reports and you know nitty gritty uh, procedural and legislative announcements, but they do. We know an, uh, an entire tweet can, can move mountains, can push an entire conversation. And this tweet had a lot of oomph behind it. Absolutely, really does seem that social media, but especially Twitter these days is the new public sphere. I think we can look to Elon Musk's Twitter takeover and some of the stuff he's tweeted and the impact that that's had as evidence of that. It is interesting that we have Francois Legault making these comments here. I think if it was any other province, especially a province like Alberta or Saskatchewan, they would be in a lot of trouble. I'm sure the prime minister would accuse him of bigotry. However, I don't suspect he's going to do that to the Quebec premier. I think if anyone was to make these comments, Legault is actually probably the safest to do so. Yes, Legault has been sounding this for quite a while because there are budgetary pressures that are going on. At the Toronto budget consultation that was happening, John Tory's last day as mayor uh, dealing with that budget, a lot of the debate was about how there's a massive shortfall going on 
caused by some of the pressures in the shelter system. And there's a combination of, of things behind those pressures. COVID-19 has changed the shelter system dynamic, but also uh, an influx of migrants has. Some of it has been longstanding people who are, are just staying beyond their legal status, what their paperwork allows, but there are people coming in through places like Roxham Road. I think Quebec is dealing with them uh, volume-wise, a much greater percentage, but Legault has been talking about this for, for several years now. This is a, a very real public service issue. Despite pressure from some politicians urging disgraced Toronto Mayor John Tory to stay in office, and despite poll numbers suggesting that a sizable number of Torontonians would support him sticking around, John Tory has confirmed he is resigning this Friday. Tory submitted his resignation letter to the city clerk late Wednesday evening, informing John Elvidge that he will resign at 5 p.m. on Friday, February 17th. In the letter, Tory said he will spend the next two days in meetings with staff and the deputy mayor, Jennifer McKelvey, to ensure an orderly transition. McKelvey will become acting mayor upon Tory's resignation. Tory wrote, quote, I want to thank the people of Toronto for trusting me as mayor since 2014. I continue to be deeply sorry and apologize unreservedly to the people of Toronto and to all those hurt by my actions without exception. Now, according to the City of Toronto Act, a by-election must be held to choose the next mayor. Rachel, it's interesting to see that the man who first came to office in 2014 with a promise of being a boring mayor, a promise that he will not smoke crack cocaine in office, which is what previous mayor Rob Ford had done, John Tory did end as a mayor who brought chaos upon city council. It's really true that no one is sort of immune to the corruption that comes with power. And I think everyone sort of sees himself as being a little bit above the rules. This is something I think anyone can be guilty of at time. And you constantly have to remind yourself of the type of responsibility that you take when you're in public office and that you're serving the people. Obviously, we know this was an inappropriate relationship. I think it's the right thing that he's stepping down. This might sound a little bit strange, but it's almost a bit refreshing. We've seen so many liberal cabinet ministers coming under controversy for handing out money well in office to, you know, companies that were owned by their friends or their friends worked at or former liberal colleagues worked at. And they haven't resigned. It seems like they just kind of the Liberals stand by their own no matter what the controversy is. So I think it's the right move for Tory to step down here. I think this is how politics should work. You know, when you're caught doing something you shouldn't do and you're caught with your hand in the cookie jar, you're having an inappropriate relationship with a staffer, you really need to be stepping down for these types of things. We sort of lost that in Canadian politics. I think this is moving back in the right direction. And there's some people who are saying, you know, this isn't the full story. He wouldn't step down over just this. But I'm thinking, why not? This is a completely legitimate reason for somebody to step down. No, fair enough. And I was thinking just that right when you said it, the questions of, okay, we're saying should Tory stay or go based on the information that we currently have? He's making the decision based on all the information that he has. And one wonders if those items of information are actually different. But it is interesting to see this because to your point, uh, Justin Trudeau facing some pretty big scandals and he just says, okay, I take responsibility. One goes, what does that mean? A lot of people in the Ottawa bubble were kind of commenting on the fact that uh, Minister Mary Eng saying, I take responsibility for my ethics breach. And then, and then what? As if just saying I take responsibility means you have taken responsibility, whereas back in the day, it used to mean we'd see something happen, like stepping down from cabinet. Absolutely. And in the private sector, these types of actions do have consequences and taking responsibility for your actions does mean that there's consequences that follow, but it seems like those rules don't often apply to the public sector where people kind of can get away with things very often in a government that's not functioning the way that it should. So again, I think this is the right move from Tory. Who knows if we'll hear later on that there was more to the story. I wouldn't be surprised, but even with the information that we currently have, I think this is enough to lead to his resignation.
another Canadian university is hosting a racially segregated event. Hamilton's McMaster University hosted a segregated event for non-white employees as part of its Black History Month programming. The February 9 event was open to staff who are part of the BRS demographic, the latter standing for Black, Indigenous, and racialized staff. McMaster says the event offered an environment for non-white employees to connect with each other. The Ontario University, which is also hosting several segregated events for students this month, joins a growing list of post-secondary institutions where racially segregated events for Black History Month are taking place. The University of Guelph held an arts and crafts session exclusive to, quote, students who identify as Black, and two events exclusive to Black students are planned at Toronto Metropolitan University, formerly known as Ryerson, this month. I understand that it's Black History Month and, you know, the importance of recognizing the Black community's contributions to Canada, but this, to me, really feels like we're moving in the wrong direction. What's your take on this, Anthony? I wonder where this is coming from, Rachel. Are people across all sort of walks of life who are Black, Indigenous, racialized asking for this? And this is the general consensus among uh, people in these demographics that they need these events, these sort of racially exclusive events. I I don't think so. I feel like this is more a a sort of activist, subversive uh, political agenda that's going on here. I mean, what is the turnout at these events? Look, I'm totally in support of people gathering for whatever social reason and whoever comes and meets and, and has their conversation, all power to you. But the fact that this is institutionalized and and done by these official establishments, it's definitely a little odd. I tend to agree with Candace Owen's assessment on these types of events, where if you just trade the word black for white, would it be considered racist? And if there was a white-oling students event, of course that would be considered racist. Then it is racist. So I definitely take issue with these types of events. I think it's moving in the wrong direction. Maybe there are people even asking for these types of events. I haven't seen it. I wouldn't be surprised knowing the culture that is on campuses and not having come out of university too long ago myself. But just because people are asking for something doesn't make it morally permissible. I think we really need to look at the direction we're going in as a society and maybe start asking some serious questions of ourselves. Rachel, one of the things that concerns me the most about this particular story, we've done a lot of stories on segregated events at universities written by Campus Watch, Ellie Canton, Nantel stories on this, and they have largely been about students and student unions and student clubs putting them together, and one goes, okay, well, I guess that's just kids at university uh, pushing the boundaries, and maybe they'll stop doing that later when they enter the adult workforce world, but this is a staff event that's going on. Uh, backed by the administration. So that's the added concern to me on this angle. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day. 